What's up, y'all? My name is Ian Edwards, and welcome to the Soccer Comic Rant. I, I'm not high energy anyway, but I definitely won't be high energy right now after another gutted loss in the last dying embers of a game where we could have got more points than we didn't get at all. So this happened at Crystal Palace when we set up the shortest wall in the history of walls at the dying embers of a game. And now we just, Man United lost to uh, Arsenal, you know. And uh, we're going to cover Chelsea Liverpool. We're going to cover Haaland's hat trick. We'll talk a little bit about Southampton, uh, Spurs Fulham tomorrow. And we got some League Cup games coming up midweek. But let me start introducing some people, some people you know. There's Neil Chakrabarty, stand-up comic, from, uh, Chelsea fan. What up, Neil? Good, good. All good. <laughs> I know you got some points this weekend. <laughs> and then we got Lee Hudson, stand-up comic from England and Southampton fan. Hey. <laughs> what up, fam? So, yeah, back to, back to being depressed this week. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we got one person whose smile I can't stand right now. Oh, He's Why is he beaming? Why are you beaming, bro? Hey, man. <laughs> I, it's, it's a beautiful Sunday. Things are going great. <laughs> <laughs> life is good. Life is good. good. Yeah, we're just... We're just well, let me just introduce the first. Stand-up comic, uh, AJ Faji. Obviously, you can tell by the ugly gear that he has on. That is an Arsenal fan. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Hello, good to good to see you guys all again. Good to good to see Mac chatting up, sharing, commiserating. <laughs> Very good times. <laughs> what do we have to commiserate about, AJ? Hey, man, life is good. You know, it's a new year. Uh, things uh-huh. are going well. Uh, we're out of COVID. Uh, mm-hmm. The world is moving back to <laughs> moving back to where it's. Oh yeah, the Arsenal's uh, top of the league. I guess I mean, that's pretty, pretty sweet deal you got there. Pretty, pretty fun times, you know. But that's not here nor there. Well, how are you guys' this days going? And AJ, you're you're Nigerian, right? Big time, big time Nigerian. So Neil, big remember time. last week yeah. in the podcast when I told you. Olise yeah. is Nigerian, but he acts doesn't act Nigerian because he's not yeah. cocky. Yeah. Now you see, now you, <laughs> the, the now you see why Nigerian is really not. Really, really, really. hey, this is why I was shocked. Olise is Nigerian because of this. This is what I expect. What do you, you know? mean? What do you mean? <laughs> Nigerians can be humble. We just, you know, when we, uh, when, when they're dead, uh, yeah, I guess That's when they're asleep, <laughs> under anesthesia, <laughs> like yeah, well, good times, good times, good times. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I guess we'll get into the game. So, I, I know you, you won the game. I know you feel at the end of the game, but before the first goal, the game starts. How do you feel about who's got the ball and did anything surprise you? Um, honestly, the first the first 15 minutes, I would say Arsenal was out of character this season, like in terms of 
we always start quick, both halves, we always start quick, we always start with energy, pressing hard. But today there was some of that, but there was also a lot of uh, hesitancy, I felt like. It was like a lot of, sometimes it'll take uh, players a few passes and stuff to get into a rhythm, but I felt like there wasn't really any particular, like, cohesive rhythm in that first half. It just seemed like things were happening and Arsenal was trying to get into the game and Manchester had more possession for like a lot of that first half. So it was just one of those things to where I knew we were worried about the counterattack that you guys posed, but at the same time, it felt like they, uh, they might not have admitted it to themselves, but they let that, that worry get to them a little bit and they were played a little bit more timid and a bit more trepidation than they normally would this season. So right. it was kind of uh, worrying, but yeah. And then, uh, cause in the parking lot last night, AJ works at the store. So he keeps on telling me United is a counterattacking team, but I was like, we're not a counterattacking team. Some teams are better at holding onto the ball than we are because they're further along in their process. But if you do hold the ball, we can counter on you. So the, that, those, those, that first half showed you, especially on the road, that we're not a counterattacking team, but we, we have a good shape if you're good at holding on to the ball and we will use your your uh, holding on to the ball powers against you. Yeah. So uh, this is the only thing that I wish, that I was there when we scored first. How did you feel when <laughs> we scored first? I, 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 was, I was not happy, to say the least. <laughs> it was... Uh, it was uh, honestly like when they scored, it was like, I, I, I can't say I was terribly surprised because like I said, that first 15 minutes, it just felt like they were kind of all over the place trying to find their rhythm, a lot of loose passes and things like that. Um, and when they scored, it, 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 Rashford is in, is in searing form right now. So, you know, you kind of have to respect that. And it, it seems like balls just kind of like balls that would normally be clear, just kind of just fall at his feet right now. And it just, he seems to be in that zone to where anything can happen. So when he took a shot from that far, I can't say I was terribly surprised that he scored, but we've talked about this before. I don't think he's, I don't think he's uh, I think he's a good striker, but I don't think he's the type of striker that's going to just take players on. I think he's the type of striker that like uses his pace to get behind you. And I don't, I don't think he's going to dribble his way and create goals. I think he uses, which is why I think he's so good at that counterattacking style. But yeah, do, I, do was, you, I was not happy. Do you think Partey feels that Rashford is a type of person that doesn't take people out on after what Rashford did to him to get that shot off? I mean, it was the the ball was already kind of loose, and then I can't remember exactly how it happened, but it, it's like Partey lost the ball, so he's he's mm -hmm. trying to recover. It's not like he is just, Rashford is coming at him one on one, and then that happened. I mean, Partey would get that ball if that was the case. No, nah, no, nah, I think you should watch that play again. He did something to to a move to Partey. I don't even know if anybody has that move in their repertoire, and then he went wow. around. And, and, uh, oh, wow. I mean, okay. I mean, you should look at it again. I mean, that's all I'm saying. I'll look at it. I'll look at it again. I'll look at it again. And 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 how do you feel about your rest of the game? Not all the rest of the first half. To the at first, I thought it was um, I thought it was somewhat reactionary when they took Ben White off. I'm like, yeah, he has a yellow. But then when he came off, I kind of saw because a lot of the the inconsistency that was happening in that first half was down to him. I don't know if he was off, but he was just worried about Rashford or Rashford scoring shook him a little bit. 
but he was doing stuff like just passing balls straight to the attacking side, which he never does that. He's one of our most consistent players. So then when they took him off, put on Tomiyasu, I could see the difference. Tomiyasu ended up getting the assist for that second goal. Um, so it was really good. And I think just a managerial masterclass from Mikel because he could have just let them on there and seen what happened. But then we've seen from games like this before, all of a sudden Rashford goes up against him, then then White gets a red card, then it's game over pretty much. So I think that was great. The reaction after the second half, you the honest truth is, I honestly feel like that in, that kind of back and forth was happening the whole game, and it happened that way. I think the turning point was when you guys decided to take off Anthony and bring on um, bring on Fred, because at that point, that was when because I was waiting for it to get to that point to where we're like pinning you back and like trying to force our our, our game plan on you. But it never really happened. But then when that happened, that defensive-minded switch came on. All of a sudden, there was just a bunch of times that it's like all ten players, like ten players, were behind the ball, and we were just kind of going at you. So it was one of those things to where, like, I felt Ten Hag kind of dropped the ball on that move, and I kind of get why he did it because Saka was really going at uh, what's his name Shaw. He was trying to get the better of him, but, but at mostly the same Harrison. time. Yeah, Erickson too. Erickson was just a little bit slow-footed. He couldn't keep up with him. But at the same time, I just felt like, because you guys didn't have much of an attacking outlet. Workhorse was kind of like missing most of the game. Um, but then when they did that move, that's when I felt like, oh, it's like it's ours to win right now. As opposed to before, it was like either side I felt like could have won before that switch at the 70th minute. Okay. What do you guys think about this? Uh, the first half of this game? That Arsenal luckily won. At home <laughs> yeah, lucky nineteen games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> lucky, lucky. I mean, you know, you know, I, I'm only saying that facetiously because you guys yeah. won. Yeah. Like somebody sent me a photo of like your what's expected goal? goals. Our expected goals were no, like no, point no, something. No, they, they also they like me point a, something. They sent me a photo of like. Uh, Zinchenko being offside. And I said, nah, fam, we lost. You know? <laughs> right? And and I just, we lost. And, but, yeah. you know, we went toe-to-toe and we lost. But all I hear from every Arsenal fan when you lost at Old Trafford is, we outplayed you. That goal was unlucky. <laughs> but we did, though. <laughs> see, see? It's like, take the oh, L. Oh, just, oh, I'm yeah. here. I'm here to teach you how to take an L like a man. You know what I'm saying? And that's the difference. But let these guys give me their version of this because they, they're neutrals and they got to enjoy this way more than I did. And you can enjoy it until after the game. So I say, our Arsenal fans have had a decade of learning how to take L's now. So it's, you know, let, 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 them, let them enjoy being a winning team again. Uh, yeah, right. You know what? You're right. You're um, right. My bad. <laughs> they've, they've felt some pain. I, I got a bit of sympathy True. for Arsenal, given that they, they went through some pain. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, one of the interesting stats I found from this game was that Arsenal had, uh, not on target, but overall 25 shots. Yeah compared to United six shot on target was only five, four to Arsenal, but 25 shots. Like they clearly had a policy of shoot on site. Like if we get in that final third, we're going to like, you know, De Gea is a great goalkeeper on his day, but also he has mistakes in him. He didn't really create or didn't really have any in this game, but you know, it's 
they had a policy where they just wanted to shoot and Saka at the moment is such a weapon when he cuts in on that left foot and unleashes those shots. Um, he almost reminds me of like prime Aryan Robin in that defenders knew that was the right had. side. Yeah. Yeah. Defenders. Right thought, side oh, Robin. Robin. Oh yeah. Same, no, same. Robin was, yeah. Like defenders knew like that's what it does. And when I've coached, like I've coached against inverted wingers before and, when you coach it, it's fairly simple. You just say, get round them, show them down the outside, mm. depending on how much pace they have. Don't let them cut inside on that foot. But it's so easy to say and so hard to do. Like he can just drop the shoulder and he finds that little yard of space. Or even sometimes that like, you could see that like, they're showing down the outside. He's got the pace to then go down the outside, then come back in. Um, mm-hmm. So he's, he's just such a hard player to play against at the moment. And he's pushing on to to break into that bracket of being world-class, I think. He's not far off. Um, but yeah, I mean, the first half especially, I thought, well, yeah, a little bit more balanced. Like AJ said, like Arsenal started slow, which was uncharacteristic for them. Um, but then I think once they got a foothold in the game, but it was, it was nice watching the momentum swing in this game as well. Like it felt like, like when I was watching this, it felt like a big game. There's some games that don't quite deliver when there's, mm-hmm. you know, two teams involved in good form or with big names and, you know, this one delivered. I really enjoyed watching it from a neutral's point of view. Is, is that, that a swing. shots fired at Chelsea and Liverpool yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I actually thought that was quite... I mean, we'll get to that, but I actually thought that was quite right. an interesting game to watch, even though it lacked goals. It didn't lack entertainment, I don't think. Um, but no, this one delivered goals, entertainment, um, swinging back and forth. Obviously, United took the lead, then Arsenal 2-1 up, then United 2-2, and then, yeah, getting that uh, getting that late goal and... Uh, I'm pleased for Inketcher as well because I mean yeah. he's had he's had critics. Um, I've been one of them. Um, where not that he's a bad player, but like, is he really an Arsenal starting quality player? Is he going to deliver in the big games? I know he had like a game against Chelsea last season when he came up with some goals, but then I also watched him live against Southampton at St Mary's in a game where we won one nil, and he did literally everything wrong every time he got the ball. Um, so he's still he's he's young and he's erratic, but he's. I think, you know, this Jesus injury's handed him a chance and he's taken it with both hands because he's he's showing up in these big games now, um, which is something that, you know, if you want to fight for a place in that team and not end up being relegated to third striker if they sign someone else or something, um, you know, he's stepping up to that challenge because the gauntlet's thrown down. It's like, well, the nine shirt's yours when Jesus is injured now. What are you going to do? And he's answered those questions. So... Um, he's got that habit of being in the box in the right place at the right time, it seems, where he can just get on the end of things, um, which, you know, every team needs a player like that. You don't always need the player like Saka who cuts in and scores from 25 yards. You need someone who's going to just take those half chances in the box and just put them in um, <laughs> because it's 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 valuable. And uh, yeah, I mean, I would say Arsenal deserved it on the balance of the game, but United gave as good as they got. Um, I would say Arsenal shaded it and, the scoreline, I think, is a fair one uh, from my point of view. Oh, what you got? Here? <laughs> hey, you're going to boo me even more then because I actually <laughs> feel Arsenal is by far the better team. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you, but, is it your, are you a Chelsea fan? No, but oh, see, here, here's the thing. Like, here's the thing about United being a counter-attacking team, right? Like, I don't think you've been a counter-attacking team this season, but... This game, I really did feel that you were essentially looking for the counter-attack. Um, uh, you, you look at the stats. The stats say 40. They had it 50-something to 40-something. That's not counter-attacking. Uh, Let me see. I mean, 
uh, I don't know. I haven't looked at the possession stats, but uh, I would, it was. It, it did seem like you know almost all the attacks were forty-two uh, to fifty-eight. Yeah, so that's almost sixty-forty, right? No, it's fifty-eight forty-two. Yeah, yeah, that's how we're rounded up. Why are we rounded? <laughs> why, why are we rounded, Chelsea? This is for, unnecessary. For, for, we for have both, the exact numbers. For purposes rounded. of this thesis. <laughs> yeah, 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 all right. Continue. Continue with your thesis. I, yeah, I, I mean, it did look like, you know, the and there's nothing wrong with that because United has one of the paciest, um, you know, forward line in the, in the league. Really? Have you seen Wakehorse not run? Well, Wakehorse is—he isn't really part of your team. Let's be real. Like he's—he's he's just somebody who's just coming. He's a hologram at this point. Yeah, like, let's, let's wait for him to, you know, at least. No, I, I, I like Wakehorse. Yeah, I'm just here. Yeah. So, um, and and the kind of form Rashford is in—I don't think it was a bad strategy. At the end of the day, you're still going away uh, to the league leaders and Arsenal. Unlike in a lot of previous seasons, like there have been seasons in the past 20 years when they haven't won, but they still, you know, look like, oh, they might, this might be a title, title charge. But those Arsenal teams never really played like leaders. This, this team does play like that. Like they, their style of play doesn't change. You know, you have injuries now, uh, his is gone and Ketia comes in. The style of play remains the same. It's still fluid. It doesn't matter who you're playing. They, they're not getting overawed with this occasion. They're not thinking, oh, you know, United, United's had a good couple of games. Uh, it's it's more important to stop them from winning than us winning. So, you know, they're, they're always going for that win. And which is why uh, even this, even the shots, you see like 25 shots, that's just crazy, right? In It's very rare for a team to have 25 shots against another team who's also in the top two or three. I didn't even see those shots. What, uh, <laughs> what were they counting? <laughs> what was it? Like, I, I, think, I think Arsenal had a couple of sequences where in the same sequence, they're like, boom, 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 right. boom. Right. Like, uh, like a bunch of shots. Especially towards the end. Like I said, that last 20 minutes, that's when we were really starting to pin you guys back. And then yeah. it's like on the corners, it was 12 to 4. I think a few of those came off of that. Yeah, but but right. but it was like in terms of like actual decisive um, acts, it could really have gone either way because United had those uh, had those moments too where they could you know they could have had uh, you had had another goal, and um, I I think um, overall. It yeah, it's tough to see Arsenal play so well, but you know they're totally deserving every time they're getting these three points because it seems like City is that because that's what City and Liverpool have shown right like last couple of seasons. You, it's not enough for you to like hold the line and get an odd draw here and there. You just gotta keep getting three points out of three points, and Arsenal is actually um, is actually keeping up to that. Um, so yeah, I think overall. A draw wouldn't have been the worst result for Arsenal, but the fact that they got a win in a tough game where they were actually challenged, mm-hmm. I, I think that's a, that's a great boost. And they can probably like you know they still have those two big city games to come, 
which um, but but now you know some of the we covered in the last podcast too like some of the statements that pep made you can see the fact that arsenal's keeping this pressure up like uh you're keeping the space every week it's getting to city a little bit um is getting to pep a little bit and sure it's going to get to a few other players so city can keep winning every game until they don't and then the moment they don't the gap just keeps going up you've done the hard work here like for marsons point of view so yeah i i, I mean it's a, it's a good game to watch but uh, i think the best team won all right i mean the best team did win i didn't expect us to win this game it's just uh i, I thought the most we could get out of it was a, would it be a tie and then i would tease aj like we won <laughs> and i knew it would hurt him but uh <laughs> so that's what i was rooting for but uh, we went up there at least at least in at least in united have won on aggregate this season against arsenal <laughs> i guess you know what right. <laughs> oh uh, please i actually call. wanted to ask you other two guys you guys did you see when the fa overturned their decision about that goal that was called back in the man city arsenal game earlier on this season is like there were three decisions this year that they've overturned as far as bar calls being wrong you know oh, really? you know yeah i heard i, I didn't i didn't hear, i didn't hear like which specific goals they were talking about i know they were doing like some sort of a this is, this is, this is, the, this is the classless loser not like classless you said i was lying so i just want to make sure everybody's on the same page <laughs> aj that's what i said you were lying or yes, did i said i, I didn't was hear making that. it up How do I, I oh, said, yeah. how do I know you're not making it up? Six. Oh, you're about oh, to Arsenal versus United? Yeah. Yeah. Is, is that in there? Five Premier League errors highlighted. Hmm. Let's see. But how could that be highlighted when we saw the foul? That's just it, though. It's like the thing about the fouls and especially what they've been doing lately is like they're not calling every single foul. So it's like. They, they, he barely touched him and like some nah. angles you really see come on now he did not nah. it was not it wasn't like he bundled him over or nothing nah. like that come on now nah. <laughs> uh, that, that was a foul that, I admit that was a foul so I don't even know how they could turn that over I, I, Premier League panel admits VAR got it wrong on six decision overturns this season including Gabriel Martinelli's disallowed goal at Man United and calls rescuing Chelsea and Palace so There it is. And who is this?co.uk. This is the Premier League panel. So I guess it's the people that review the VAR decisions over the course of the year. How do I know it's not a bunch of Arsenal people on that panel? Oh gosh. <laughs> and I'm the one that's a find petty out, fan. Find, right? <laughs> find out who's on that panel and then let me see what their allegiance is and then we'll see like okay. that that was a foul. That was a clear foul. Like listen Like the referee's McTominay. body in effect admi- admits so this is the referee's body so like this is the, oh, the same referees that can't even call var right when they have like clear cameras and they can see things and it the same referees that gave a penalty to is it real betis who beat us in the europa league this year like on a, in this season with a handball to martinez and his hand is to the side and they gave them a penalty like that that referee board now nah, I'm, i'm i'm cool if you talk about aggregate calls i think man city can't complain about penalty <laughs> penalty man decisions city? i mean man you can't complain about penalty decisions no, over the course of the years 
Like you, you had you had Bruno Fernandez damn near in for Golden Boot off of all the penalties they gave this guy that year. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, I don't. I don't want to uh, listen. I'm. I'm a classy loser. Oh yeah. So, so let me let me just let me just keep this shit classy. Okay. Uh, let me keep keep this shit classy. Uh, so, I myself over the past few weeks have kind of cheered for Enketia. For some reason, I like him, and I like it, it's it, it's tough because I like football. So even if somebody's not on my team, I, I, if I see it, like there's some purity to them, you know, I like them. So and Ketia like trying to prove to Arteta that he belongs with his friends who he was in the youth system with that, I, hey, I belong out there too. And like being told, nah, we're going to buy someone. And they did. And now that person got injured and he has a limited window to prove that, hey, when this person is not injured anymore, I want you to consider me. You know, I, I want to stay here and I want to contribute. So in the, the game since Jesus got injured, and I said this on the podcast, Enketia scored some goals, but they weren't important goals. They were like, Arsenal be up to, he'd score the third one. And he did it like twice in some of the games that he came back. But those are very important goals. Because if you don't score those goals, he ain't scoring the goals today. You know what I mean? Like, he's not in front of a goal nervous that I need to put this in the net. He knows he's put the ball in the net. And people are also talking about those goals as if they were important goals. So it's sometimes energy is everything. So, you know, those goals that he scored a few weeks ago, even though some of them weren't that significant, they were significant for what happened today. And he really did his thing today. That last goal... It's pure reflex, it's pure training, and it's being ready for anything because that wasn't a pass to him. That was like a block shot and the ball got to him, right? I think on that last goal. And uh, I feel feel gutted, but I also didn't expect us to win. But I'm glad we went to Arsenal and almost went toe-to-toe because Arsenal did deserve to win and we have no bench. And... Me and Lee was talking on one of the podcasts, like what I'm worried about, man, you going forward and you say we're in a title race. I think you were saying that. And I was like, no, we have so many contests and we have so few players to like willingly rotate to. Like today we had to, even if Southampton had to get Fred off the bench, how great would you feel? You know what I mean? Like, even though Fred has improved. Have like, seen Arsenal? Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm kind of, I'm just, like, the history of Fred is not. Like, like he's still Fred. <laughs> he's still Fred, you know. He, like, <laughs> even new Fred can flash back to, it's like, you know when the nutty <laughs> professor was fighting for his body? And sometimes <laughs> you see the lip get big, and then he's go back in, and he's, like, the cool guy. And, then, you know, that, that's Fred on the field. Like, you don't know. If the nutty professor is gonna fight back and you know and take Fred back over. So <laughs> you know, so it's just in a big game like that, we got Fred off the bench. Like you got Trossard off the bench, like a, a guy from a hot team put added to a hot team, and you had like somebody in the stands that you just bought, like a defender, and it's like 
so so we're glad to be where we are. But I, uh, we need points now so that later on we could stay in the top four. Like we're probably going to drop more points as the season goes on than we are dropping right now. But the key is to like not drop to win as much points now so that we can stay in the area top four. I, I suspect Spurs is going to get better. Like they're not. They lost the other day, and they're not great, but they still have Conti, and they're hovering in fifth. So I feel like, you know, they almost have more of a right to be in the top four than we do based on the last few years, what they did last year, and the fact that they got Conti that has more time with them. But, uh, you know, I, I just felt, you know, hats off to all our players today. Weghorst, the Gale made that great save, but couldn't save the Nketiah one. Uh, Juan Bissaka was great, and then he was bad. There was one point when Martin was in the living room, you can ask him, and Nketiah tried to take on Juan Bissaka. And I started laughing. I'm like, what are you doing, Nketiah? This is not going to go well. And Martin was like looking at me like, and then Wambasaka just took the ball from him with a telescope, got up and turned the ball upfield. And I said, that's not happening. And even Martinelli tried it a few times, but he missed the header. Like he's bad when the ball on the far post and the ball is in there. That's that's Wambasaka. That's the thing he has to fix. But, mm. you know, uh, who else? Like Rashford, that's a, that's a worldly goal. That's uh, a pretty amazing goal. And, you know, he's been practicing that Ronaldo shot. Like, Ronaldo's one of his idols, that long-distance Ronaldo shot. So, you know, since he's back on form, he, he tried it and he used it and he did it. Martinez, like, playing for the badge, you know what I mean? Like, getting that header in, off the, you know, getting the goal back right away, six minutes. I think both second goals for each team was scored six minutes after like your first goal was scored six minutes after our first goal yeah. and our second goal was scored six minutes after your second goal. So that, and then it's just, yeah, we ran out of time. Your crowd was incredible and Arteta's doing an amazing job and you guys are on a road and you just have to watch out for if you drop points against, like here's the thing with the title race. You pass this test, but there's so many tests yeah. On there's the way to the title, how many tests can Arsenal take? You feel me? And yep. that's what's going to decide. It's like, you're going to pass tests, you pass, you're going to pass so many tests. You're like, oh, there's no more. And then there's going to be pop quizzes. And if you can't <laughs> pass those, <laughs> you lose the title, man. So good luck to you. And now, hey, how did you feel after you scored the, the second goal? And before that, and then after it. I'll let you let you have your shine before the second goal. Mm -hmm. Before the second goal, um, I was still like in the. I'm not sure where this is gonna go because, like I said, that was still the point of the game that it just seemed like it was going either way. It just seemed like we, Arsenal still hadn't found their rhythm. Um, I would. I felt nervous the whole way through up until. Like I said, when they moved, um, when they took off Anthony and put on, put on Fred, because obviously on face value, that's a that's a defensive 
That's a defensive yeah, move. So you're, you're so so that's saying Ten Hag is telling everybody in the stadium, "Hey, where we would like a draw in this game." Yeah. And then I thought that was a little unambitious from Ten Hag, but at the same time, you you won the the game earlier on in the year. Um, however controversial that might be, and then you had uh, <laughs> <laughs> only to Arsenal, fans. and then you had um, and but then uh, but then this game was back and forth, so I was like, why aren't you going for it? But then when you're think about it, uh, like he said, as an aggregate, but well, you won the first game, you get a tie from this one, so then and then they won over the course of the season, so it definitely was worth it. But that was the point that I started feeling more comfortable, and then there was that point in that it just where I'm sure we got a bunch of those. Uh, 25 shots when we just were just kind of going at it. I was like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And then luckily it did. I will say when that thing went up for VAR, I like my heart was in my stomach because it looked <laughs> offside to me. It looked like Eddie Nketiah's right leg was completely offside. But I guess uh, Bissaka had played this one. Bissaka. Yeah, yeah, so that that kind of sucks for you guys. But yeah, thank God for us. It was, it was really... It was, a good, it was a good day. It was a good game. Uh, you know, we're yeah, taking terrible. it game by game. We're not we're not thinking about title charges or anything like that. We're just thinking about oh really? Uh, you <laughs> ain't about this next thinking about this next Everton game. This uh, next I remember Arsenal fans like talking about title charge after having like three good weeks. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> definitely. Honestly, <laughs> that is That is a lot of us. But ever since ever since that year, I, I'd already kind of become jaded over the years watching this team because I've been a fan since like the nineties. So like. Um, when that year with Leicester, uh, yeah, that year, it it let me know that you can't, it doesn't really matter where you are. Mm -hmm. You don't really want to say anything till maybe April, but really till Ozil jumping into the crowd. Exactly. Those are some great days. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This day didn't even get to a week. Yeah. So people get people get overly excited, but ever since then, ever since like we that year where we basically could have had it, but Wenger was being stingy at buying a striker and stuff. Ever since then, I don't really, I really do just see it game at game by game. I love that we're at the top of the table, but the top of the table after 19 games means absolutely zero. You know, you have more points than the Invincibles did at this point. We did, we did, but I would also say. The Invincibles team never had a team as good as Man City playing against them as well. You know, like like the, we had more points than the Invincibles United. team, huh? United. No, but I'm saying like that United team. I don't think was as dominant as the City team we're facing now. You're talking about people that teams that have literally been winning the league back to back with over a hundred. We were. Points. It's never been done before. Not a hundred points, but that we were on par with. You know them, but, at, but also that Invincibles team. I mean, they didn't lose any game, but they had a lot of draws. That's why you see yeah, the points exactly. tally isn't even in the top five or six of all time. Right, right. The Malaysia uh, points tally. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I totally agree. It was a lot of draws, and there were a lot of close calls, like that game with when um, what's his um that 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 Weasley uh, Van uh, what's his name Man U player. He had the Van penalty. No, not Van, Van Nistelrooy. Van Nistelrooy. When Van Nistelrooy mm. uh, missed that penalty, it's like there are a lot of games that it really could have gone either way. Right, right. And that, right. that team, obviously, is one of the most impressive teams ever put together. But because of the new standard and the new amount of money in the league, it's really, it's really not the same thing. Because back then, there were teams that are like, oh, okay, Arsenal's playing Blackburn. You know who's going to win. Arsenal's playing Stoke City. You know who's going to win. These days, like, you've seen... 
Nottingham Forest come and take on the big boys because the, that's the amount of money in the league these days. It's just the way it goes. Any team can beat any team in the league now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, 19 games, I'm not, I'm not claiming anything. It's just great to be where it's at. All right, that's cool. Uh, I just want uh, – you, you, could, you could stick around or you could bounce. I just want to talk about Neil's team because he doesn't have a lot of time. So, okay. Neil, Chelsea played Liverpool. And I want to talk about uh, Chelsea, not only in terms of, like, their game against Liverpool this weekend, but to me, Chelsea – is like rich people's Nottingham Forest. Like you must be the only <laughs> team that's bought more people. We gotta buy some people. Chelsea are <laughs> buying us. They're not supposed to have we're supposed to have more new people in there. This is crazy. <laughs> so so what do you think of your game? <laughs> we have we we have more um, transfers than wins this season. Yeah. For a while, it was also more transfers than uh, goals scored this season. But oh, shit. We, got, we got a few goals. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, it's... The last three games have been far better than what was happening in the, the month before and after the World Cup. So in a way, things are getting slightly better, but, you know, it's baby steps. We're 10th in the league for a reason. It didn't happen overnight, right? Like, we, we've not been good for major parts of the season. But at least now, you know, we're creating chances. Like we went through, you remember that I, I had this whole, I put out all these stats about how we are nowhere even in the top. We shouldn't even be in the top half. Like we are doing really bad. But now at least like our creativity, our shot, you're taking a lot of shots. We're getting a lot of shots on target. Our big chances created are, are up. So now it's come, you know, it's, it's down to the final few touches so i don't know if it'll happen this season but and i don't even know if it'll happen with this manager because i it seems clear that the that the board the new board the owners they are trying to really uh put a lot of faith in grand potter <laughs> but i don't know how you know how long that rope is like if you really don't even qualify for europe if you finish mid table that means between now and then nothing has improved well, been now in the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if that if those words are still gonna be true. But you know, just on face value, what you're seeing so far, things are improving. It's slow, but um we are playing better than we were before this recent spell. Um goal scoring finishing is still an issue. Defensively, you become pretty strong. You know, like Chelsea's been so horrible this season. We're the third best defense in the league. So at least some part of the game is, is, and this is with all the injuries and all of the, you know, pretty much an unsettled team, every, every game, an unsettled backline, most of the games. So a few things are going in our favor, like, but I guess we'll see like once more and more players start getting fit, some of the new signings start getting, uh, getting more game time, getting more, so, you know, settled in the way the team plays. Uh, Potter himself, like he has to settle. Right? Like he's still uh, a young, a new coach at Chelsea. So, yeah, I mean, my my gut is that we are going to be better in the second half of the season than we were in the first half. A lot of that has to do with the players coming back from injury. A lot of that has to do with uh, the the transfers. Like Mudrik, he looked amazing in this game, even though it was a very short. 
uh, cameo. He looked. Thank, thank the thank the thank the Arsenal scouting department. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's not just that he looked amazing. He looked different from the kind of forwards we've seen off late, um, like somebody with pace, uh, you know, dribbling uh, ability. We haven't really had that since Hazard. Maybe Pulisic for like a couple of games here and there. But this is something that Chelsea in the Formula have missed for a long time. So, yeah, let's see. Uh, you know, somebody like Modric, I've never really seen him play 90 minutes before. So, it's an unknown quantity for a lot of fans too. But, uh, yeah, signs are good. This new guy, Nani Madueki, he... Um, He's a right winger, again, pacey, uh, good on the dribble, at the, you know, physically strong. And uh, Felix, another one game, and then he comes back. We have a good break before the next couple of games. So finally, I think you do. We are out of the fishbowl. Yeah, because we don't, we are not in any of the cups, right? Shit. So we, yeah. <laughs> so I think we have one one game in like the next two weeks or something like that. So, oh, so because you guys are off, yeah. Because you guys are off, Pulsic will actually get to play some football and train it because he'll never <laughs> play you guys in a match again, right? Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be interesting because uh, we don't have we have to drop a few players because we have more players than we can register. So yeah, oh, I don't know. Shit. I don't know the, who the axe is going to fall on. It, it, who would you drop? Well. I'm just going purely off the the injury map. I think I would drop Zakaria and Pulisic because they are the ones whose injury, like their recovery, is the longest out. So if oh, you're not okay. being, if you're not going to be available for most of the season, then what's the point? So Pulisic will never play for you guys again because Sterling's yeah, going to be back. He's on the left. This yeah. Mudrik guy. He, yeah. He's on the left. Who else you got this left? On the left. Mount could be in that position sometimes. Is be, it, is it, uh, Felix could be if he's... Oh, Felix. Holy oh, shit. Yeah. Now Felix plays <laughs> off the left a lot. Holy <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. Pulisic will never play for Chelsea ever again. Yeah. So, and, and you know, he's getting into his last year of contract in the summer. So, there's a good chance he's going to be sold. Somebody should get him cheap. It's, I've always seen him as a very talented player, but he's like you said, the injury record with that guy it was just always like, what is going on? You know, just some of the, some people with ankles and hamstrings and stuff, they just, you know, similar to how Van Persie was till he went to Man U, is like just <laughs> always the same thing every year. And it just sucks because he's really talented, just can't keep it together. Yeah, and he's talented, but he's also not the finished product yet, right? So right. every time he has an injury, it's almost like you feel like he's starting from scratch again. So, so you know, that's unfortunate for him. But, uh, yeah, that's a topic for the summer. Let's see what happens. There's lots of stuff to happen for that. Neil, I got a question for you. Do you think Chelsea have a transfer strategy right now? Or do you think it's just... <laughs> Like, because cause I'm very upset about that Mudrik thing. But at the same time, I'm just wondering what it is that they're trying to do. I'm, I don't, I don't, I don't, th- I don't think they, ha- I don't think they have a transfer strategy. They have a transfer addiction. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a better <laughs> way to put it. It's like, what is going on? You guys have five people in the same position. I'm <laughs> I, hilarious. I mean, see, in terms of in terms of like rating these transfers or not, I'm at a stage where I really I've been bitten too many times. Trying to get hyped up over new chance. Now I want to see them actually play in the Chelsea shirt and do well. And then, <laughs> all right, let's see. Okay. Let's see what they can actually do in the Premier League, right? <laughs> true, but, true. but I think what's happening is there's the. I think the manager, the club. I think there's an understanding that we need to revamp our attack. Like we tried with these guys, it didn't work out. Whether it was due to because the previous attack, right? Let's let's talk about Pulisic, Ziyech, um, Werner. Havertz, even somebody like you know Hudson Odoi, who was um, got his first break, Lukaku. So these guys were all bought under. Most of them were not even bought under Tuchel. They were bought under Lampard or Sari before that. So for whatever reason, it hasn't worked out, and it's time now to you know uh, move on with a new manager, a new scouting scouting team, and their theories obviously are that you know um, they want to work with. Um, some of these names that we are seeing now. So, the, from that point of view, if the idea is a clear out, then this makes sense. Because look at the people that they got. They got a left winger, Murjic. They got a right winger in Madueke. They got Felix, who is on loan, but you know, you never know. He might, if he does well, I'm sure somebody at Chelsea will figure out a way to pay the cash to get him. Right. And we also got Nkuku. So we got Nkuku and uh, Nkuku yeah. coming in. Some Forgot about it. Right. So and you still are kind Lukaku. of covering. Yeah, we still have Lukaku. So we're at least like these guys are trying to like cover all bases, right? So it's not just, even though it can look like from outside, like too many players in the same position. If you look at the actual players they've bought, they're all playing, they're all, you know, doing a different role. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, and then if you look at some of the other areas, like, so we got Badia Shele, who I think had a great game against Liverpool. And he's had, like, two back-to-back really good games now. So, the back from Monaco. He did did have a great game against Liverpool, or was it he was just playing Liverpool, so it looked like a great game? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're, you're still up against somebody like Monaco. He was playing 10th place Liverpool. <laughs> who can't look good against 10th place Liverpool? Well, we've looked bad against 14th place whoever so you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's at least having a better season than Koulibaly for example so um, yeah that's that was crazy I thought I thought y'all were going to be like secure when that guy came in because that's always been the guy every year like every team has been trying to get him to like shore up their defense and it's like yeah yeah hey so, I'm going to tell you to turn on a light sorry go oh. ahead <laughs> So, um, yeah, this is good. So, yeah, um, it looks like we are also targeting some midfielders, uh, attacking midfielder, a defensive midfielder, and then a right back. So All the midfielders. Are, <laughs> so, because we're going to have a, a, a midfield clear out too, right? Like, Jorginho is at the near the end of his contract. Conte is near the end of his contract. Kovacic is going into Kovacic and Loftus-Cheek are going into the last year of their contracts. So, just almost by um, the na- the nature of things, like things have to change in that part of the pitch. So, yeah, but you know, it, are they are these the right players? 
are these the right uh, names like we'll only know in you know a couple of months later all right so yeah so, so i'm not ask- overly excited but the fact that they went in and bought in a big backroom staff of actual recruitment specialists that at least you know gives me some faith that okay maybe they know what they're doing you guys bought so many players i thought you were celebrating the chinese new year i'm like <laughs> who owns this team <laughs> like <laughs> I thought your owners were American. What you would call it? Uh, I guess there's a question for all y'all, but Lee, you could jump in first. What was this question? So it's kind of like about the Man City game, and it's not really the result of the game, but uh, you know, Harlan scored a hat trick, and people. I'm trying to remember this question. People were talking about, you know, he's actually hurting. the team because they're so focused on him you know like so it takes away from other players but he just scored a hat trick you know i can't remember this question but uh did lee did you see the the man city game yeah yeah i've watched it back um i mean it's it's a weird one i think it just i think pep might need to be a little bit more savvy in certain games now because he was one of those managers where he says that this is my philosophy every single time um I don't change for anyone and I think sometimes when you have a different type of player in your team you might have to because like against Wolves today it was fine because it's like well Mares and De Bruyne are going to get some space and if they supply him they'll supply him with quality he'll score goals but some of the top teams now are getting smarter and they they can work on shutting off the supply lines to him like i i was amazed at how little he got against you guys old trafford like you you shut that shit down um even like cuz i mean I, i remember i put a message in the chat when we played them in the league cup and we beat them last week and they didn't even have a sh- single shot on target i i would message in the chat when they were throwing him off on the bench they they were obviously putting de bruyne and harland in i was like well we're going to lose now and and we managed to shut him out and if if we're shutting him out then it's like well you, you know we had a good game plan that day but it's like well he should be he still scored more goal i mean he's already scored more premiership hat-tricks in 19 games than cristiano ronaldo did in his entire career um he scored um oh, more than that. the other he start? scored is it four hat-tricks is the fourth one or yeah. yeah more than luis suarez too it's so, crazy. Yeah, he, he suarez, It's the same amount as Suarez. Oh, Suarez, did it 80, Suarez did it in 81 games and Haaland's yeah. done it in 19, <laughs> which is and, and Van Nistelrooy did insanity. four hat-tricks in 65. And Robbie Fowler did it in 80 yeah. something games, so Yeah, so uh, he's he's clearly contributing, but I think it's um I think there's there's probably still an element of Pep still working out how best to get the best out of him and the team at the same time. Cuz sometimes he gets the best out of him, but it maybe is it the detriment to the rest of the team or sometimes the rest of the team's doing the best thing for them but that doesn't necessarily get the best out of Haaland i think once he like figures out how to mesh those two especially in the big games then mm-hmm. people are in fucking trouble <laughs> um, yeah. and aj better be hoping that doesn't come together this season because i hope um, not dude <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that, that is the question this is going to be this second half of the season is man city's half of the season. There's so many the last three seasons it looked like Man City had lost the title to Liverpool or 
you know, except the season when Liverpool was all injured. And it was in these last 20 games that City went on a streak. Now they had their time to like have the hiccups. I think the game against us and Southampton really helped them because they realized that there's moments they were missing to get the ball to Harlem. And I think they're more conscious of those moments and they will take the chance to take those moments to pass the ball to him. And I could see them doing that against Wolves. And let's not, Wolves is not a good team, but one thing Wolves is good at is frustrate you and not be able for you to easy, easily score on them. And Man City, this is a big game as far as like the scoreline, the effortlessness with which Man City got to three goals against Wolves. Like Wolves, a low, plus Lopetegui, extra difficult, and they just discarded them. And uh, I mean, it could have been more as well. Like I think there was a penalty yeah. they should have had that they didn't get. Saar made a couple of good saves as well. Like it could have been more. Mm-hmm. So do you think, Lee, that City can catch Arsenal? What's the gap right now? Let me double check on that gap. Um, it's five points. Five points with a game in hand for Arsenal. I'm shocked that you just know that off the top of your dome. I just double-checked double it here. <laughs> you know me, just one game I mean, at a time. I mean, I've got to say, like, yes, yeah, City could catch them. Whether they will is another thing, because I think, like, this Arsenal team, uh, like, we, we'd spoken the other day before the... Um, the North London derby about how, you know, the mentality is different now at this Arsenal team. It's yeah. not just necessarily the skill levels. It's because you've got to pair the skill levels with the mentality. Otherwise you don't win championships. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that their mentality does seem to be so much more stronger, they seem to be so much more resilient. You know, they showed it today uh, going behind and then coming back and then pushing for that late winner as well. Um, so, I mean, if, if, as long as that mentality doesn't crumble, I think Arsenal can do it. Um but it's whether or not, you know, they can still do it further into the season because the more games they play, the more uh, evidence that other teams have to analyse and to figure out a way to stop them. Um, but also the more games Arsenal play, the more they seem to win at the moment, the more confidence they seem to have. So it's a double-edged sword. Like it's, if, if, if they can keep that up, then, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think the, the trophy could be going there, but it's not beyond the possibility that City could just put some crazy run of form together. You can't ever count them out on that basis because of the amount of just sheer quality they've got in that squad. It's stacked. Um, and yeah, if they find their groove and, and Arsenal have a couple of wobbly moments and then it gets close, that's when the real mentality test will be. You know, if City close that gap, it's like, well, can they pick it back up and push on uh, Arsenal? Or is that the moment? when it finally catches up to them in terms of that mentality. But so far, I mean, other than obviously, you know, the game at Old Trafford, Arsenal have passed every test that's been thrown at them in terms of mentality. They've, you know, obviously a couple of games where they probably would have wanted to do better, maybe the draw against Newcastle, which is still not a bad result. Um, but for the most part, they've looked so much more resilient than they ever have in the last decade, um, which, you know, I mean, as, if you're an Arsenal fan, that's that's got to be positive. Neil, you think City <laughs> can hunt them down? Oh, you're, you're, you're uh, muted. <laughs> and let me just say something before I forget. Sorry, fam. Yeah. Like, you know how you brought up the mentality that we talked about? 
And, and, and you know how important that mentality is? That mentality is so important. That's all Pep is talking about, Arsenal's mentality. And it's what he's upset about. He's upset that his team does not have this mentality. So when they beat Spurs the other day, he was like, our team is basically complacent. Our fans are complacent. And he's like, he talked about the fire Arsenal is showing. And, and that's why he's pissed after his team won a game because he wants his team to be like that. But it's a thing you can't manufacture yeah. because your team had that when they were on the come up. It's like taking Mali. It's the come up, you know, that <laughs> feeling, you know, it's like of euphoria. You can't manufacture it the first time you take it and it's happening to you, even if you take it over and over and over. And it, it, Pep wants his, he knows exactly what Arsenal is feeling. Need. Yes, he, know, he knows it. You know, he can't <laughs> take his team back to the first time they did Bali or the first title. He can't. <laughs> <laughs> but he wishes he can but he's jealous like watching it happen <laughs> what you gotta say Neil I mean of course Man City can like if any team can go on a run and essentially win every game from now to the end of the season which will mean they're at least um, you know two points short of uh, Arsenal and then they just need to hope Arsenal to drop a couple of points because you have two games versus Arsenal coming up those are going to be two big, uh, big games. So, yeah, they can. But Arsenal is showing that they can also keep pace. But again, it's it's half a season now. Um, it, it's just crazy. Like it seems like it should be because we're near the end of January. Mm-hmm. It it feels like it's well into the second half of the season, whereas you know, it's literally just you know the halfway point right now. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised City ends up winning, but uh, Arsenal's got the lead now and they just need to keep doing whatever they're doing. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, trying to think about like what else happened this weekend because maybe we could uh, buy out of this. We know Leeds drew, so I'm happy Leeds drew and at least got a point against Brentford because Brentford ain't easy. Fulham is going to come up against Tottenham. Uh, what do you guys think about just the possibility? Like, if Tottenham don't win this, their next game is against Man City again, I think. So they have to, like, get a point. And what's that thing that somebody put in the chat, like I saw it too, is Conti basically just says this is the end of his season. He's not going to... Is it official? Rumors that he's going, yeah. It's not official. It's just rumors, but, like, People are claiming sources and whatnot. Um, have said that he's not going to stay, but I mean, I, I wouldn't. I'm, I'm. I wasn't surprised at all when I saw that. I mean, his body language, um, the way he conducts himself in interviews, like he dug the team out, or not, or he, he dug like British football out in general. When he said like the manager is always the person who fronts up; it's never the owners or um, mm-hmm. you know the board that have to do the talking and stuff. He just he just seems a very frustrated man right now, um, and you know, not getting the players he wants. Like I said previously, like, I mean, did he not ask anyone who Daniel Levy is before he went there? Like, of course you're not going to get all the players you want. 
it's fucking Spurs. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the more miserable Conte gets at Spurs, the happier I get. Um, you know, um, just, I mean, I'm not an Arsenal fan, but I love seeing Spurs suffer. So um, the uh, worse it goes. <laughs> this is what Martin's done to me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the, the more they suffer, the better. Uh, I hope they finish as low down the table as possible. But yeah, I think he'll be on the way out. I just hope they don't lose him and then get someone who actually manages to turn them into a a winning team because if, if you know if they got too cool there's a possibility that he might fix them um so i'm hoping they get someone shit um i mean martin always talked about hassan Hood when he was at Southampton. they can have him and hopefully he can turn them into what he turned us into that'll be fun uh <laughs> but no, we'll see but yeah but i mean Con- conte doesn't stay places very long i mean normally he wins before he leaves but it's spurs so that's never on the cards right hilarious this is a yeah. I mean, Jose, the biggest winner world football has seen, Jose Mourinho, hasn't won at only one club, and that was Tottenham Hotspur. So, <laughs> oh shit! Like I say, Conte as well. One at Juve, one at Inter, one at Chelsea. Yeah, and doesn't look like he's going to win at Spurs. My thing is, who 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 else would he have wanted? Like, because it, it seems it's clear that he's upset that he didn't get his players, but I'm. I'm like, who else would he have wanted? Because I feel like he he wants world-class players, but world-class players aren't going to go to Tottenham right now. That's just not, mm. it's not, it's just hey. not, especially playing that type of football too. That's the thing. He has to also realize his, his football is not a place that a dominant attacking player wants to go to. So you basically stand behind the ball and wait for the other team to do something then react off of that. Like, if you're Mbappe, you're not going there. Holland isn't going there. Why would you? Why would you go to... It's London and it has that appeal, but why would you go to a team that is set up to react off of what the other team does? That's not that's not the mindset of, like, a world-class attacking player. Maybe a world-class defender, but not a world-class attacking player. But Conte's won everywhere, so you're, you're probably, if you're a player, ignoring... Before they, before there was a sample to see, you would ignore that it spurs and be like, "All right, this guy wins wherever he goes." But now that he's, if you're watching Spurs play now, I, I, sometimes I don't even think players care. You know, it depends if you, if you want to get out of your situation, and Spurs is going to offer you some money, and you're going to go to the Premier League, and then you could use it as a springboard to go somewhere else. I don't think it really matters. People said we wouldn't get players because. We're in the Europa League, but we got Casemiro. We got Varane the year before. You know, Ronaldo came. You know, we we got people, and they we weren't always in the Europa League when we got some of those players. But people people come to teams. Uh, I don't think that drops people. But I, but I don't think an attacking like like knowing how Conte plays because this this is essentially how he's played at pretty much every team he's been at. And this is kind of what he's known for. He's known for this. He's very, a winner though. Yeah, they, no, I agree. He's, he's a, a winner. winner. He's a winner for sure. But um, so is Jose Mourinho. Jose, like you said, Jose Mourinho is the biggest winner like the game's ever seen. But the thing is, if you're a player that is an attacking minded player, you're not going to want to go and play for Jose Mourinho's team. Like uh, the type of player that has their pick of what team they can go to. Like a, like an Mbappe or a Holland or Benzema or Lewandowski, you're not going to go to a team where your your manager is going to train you to essentially stand on that. If you're a number nine, standing on an island by yourself while the other ten players are behind the ball waiting to see what the team you're playing does. I don't think like any 
world-class player is going to go for that. So, like, when he yeah, says this- he's not getting his team, his players, I'm just trying to figure out who, who it is that he's trying to get. I just don't know who he wanted in the first place. I just know who he got. So that, that's my, you know, that my, my, my question is kind of your question. I don't think people will stop going there. And I, and I think, like, uh, like, let me look at these standings. Well, not standings, but matches. Let me go to matches. When I look at, like, you can get players from Barcelona because they're definitely going to be over the salary cap and they want to go somewhere where they can potentially win. And, mm-hmm. and you can get them for cheap next year. You can get players from Chelsea for cheap next year and still stay in London. You know, you know, right. You, but you see, you, but the running theme in, in these teams and players you're talking about are players that aren't in the best situation and players that don't necessarily have the right of way in terms of where but, they want to go. But, it, but it, it's my answer to your questions. Like, you, you, you know, that's that's like I, I, the, the position Conti is in is he hooked up with a dude that won't get married and thought he could convince the guy to get married. Oh, you know? Levy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Levy was like, yeah, yeah, you know, let me see how, you know, I'll marry you. I'll, you can change I'll give me. You some, I'll give you some children. And <laughs> you know, like, Levy ain't took a knee yet on the beach in front of the waves. And, uh, <laughs> all right. Has anybody got anything else they want to cover or talk about? Um, I mean, we 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 don't have to speak about the Southampton game. We don't have to speak about that. That's uh... <laughs> yeah, we can talk about that. <laughs> uh, it was, no, just... You didn't do bad. You didn't do bad. I've no, always liked just... Southampton. I've always felt like they're a team that's ready to play, regardless. Like I've always liked that about them. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's not that fun supporting us. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, but no, like it's um. I mean, we'd had a good week. Obviously, we won the two cup games, won the FA Cup against Palace, League Cup against City. Then we went and beat Everton at Goodison. We were a little bit lucky at times in that game, but we got the three points and that put us back level with West Ham and Everton. Um, Obviously, we're still level with Everton after West Ham beat them, but we can't afford to be... We need to start putting in some two wins in a row in the league. We can't afford just one win here or there because... Right now, we're trying to lift ourselves out of that relegation zone and uh, going back to the drawing board after another loss is um, it's a tough one to take. And yeah, we didn't play that badly in this game. We were in the game. I think Villa were in control for more of it than they weren't. So um, they probably shaded it, I would say. But we had a goal disallowed, which was soft. There was a little push in the box and it was little. Like I've seen those ones go unpunished before. It, it, it wasn't a push, though. The, the, the guys... It's funny, like, I don't know who is commentating for you guys, but when they kept on showing the replay and the bar replay, they were focusing over here on the push. And it was a bunch mm-hmm. of English commentators. So I don't know if it's the same comment, but what I saw was this, the Achilles step, which is where Ramsey grabbed his foot, was at the Achilles. So it, was, it wasn't mm-hmm. the push. It was like an Achilles rake. Yeah. But, yeah, I, th- I thought it was still maybe a little soft, but, I mean... Like I say, I think Villa deserved to shade the game. Um, they created more chances than we did. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's what's killing us at the moment is that we're not really doing much with those chances. I mean, there was even one in the first half. It was offside. It was, we scored a goal in the first half that was offside. But even that one, the cross came in and Shea Adams missed from like 
five yards and then Walker Peters ran in and put the ball in. Um, but we need we need that striker. We need a number nine. And the worst thing is after we lose this game, it makes it harder to attract one into the team because it's like, oh, well, we're, we're definitely still bottom now, whereas a win might have taken us up a little bit higher, a little bit more of a attractive proposition. But like I said, some of these strikers we're being linked with, I'd love it if we could get them. Um, at the moment, based on like the videos I've watched and you know the, the numbers I've seen, I think Hadji Wright from uh, uh, and uh, Anatolia Spore, I think it is, in Turkey, the American centre-forward. Um, I mean, he, he scored 10 goals in 16 games for a team that are 15th in Turkey. Yeah, so- all right. which is more than Veghorst that scored for Besiktas. And if he's doing that in a struggling team in Turkey, hey, come and score some goals in a struggling team in the Premier League um, <laughs> and get yourself... And, and if we go down, get yourself a move um, or score goals for us in the Championship. I don't know. But he... Apparently, we were 2.4 million euros under their valuation. It's like, just fucking pay it. Yeah. <laughs> like, staying in, staying in the league is worth so much money. Just fucking pay the money. Um, don't be playing hardball with these people. Like we need these players in like soon. Soon, um, let them get acclimated. Let them mess up, and yeah. well, then it's hidden. You can go on a run. Yeah, <laughs> just, just pull the trigger. Yeah, don't be waiting till the thirty first of January, eleven fifty p.m. when the deadline's just shut in and and yeah. making some desperate bid. Then like get it done, get it done now. Um, but I mean, we signed Orsic, the Croatian, who scored a you know. Great goal in the in the World Cup third place playoff and has scored a hat trick against Spurs before and a goal against Chelsea. We didn't we didn't bring him off the bench until like the 80th minute against Villa. And it's like, yeah, the guy might be a little bit rusty, but he's a finisher. Give him some more minutes. Like that that was his um his league debut. It's like give him some minutes. Like we're we're crying out for that's like just that's what's going to send us down at the moment unless we change something is that we're not scoring goals. Um, and then we conceded from a set piece again, which is shit. We've conceded too many goals from set pieces recently, so they need to sort that out. So there's 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 still a lot of question marks after even after the positivity of last week. Um, but yeah, we're 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 definitely not out of the woods. We're right down there. So um, I mean, at least Everton lost. That's the only thing I'm taking solace in. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how Lampard still has a job. If I'm honest, so that's the question I want to ask Neil <laughs> and Faji. How long do you think? Potter bought himself some time. We have this, like, who's going to get fired first thing going on? <laughs> I, I don't think Moyes is going to get fired because of the, what he's done for West Ham lately. Like, mm-hmm. got them into Europe, and they're still in a form of Europe right now. But what's up with this? But the Everton fans, to be fair, they're focused on the board. But how big was this loss for Frank, even more than... It was for Everton. I think right now, Everton are on that same trajectory that led to uh, Benitez being fired. They had, it's actually pretty similar to what happened last season because they had an initial couple of good results at the big right at the beginning of the season. And mm-hmm. come September, October, it's just been bad after that, like loss oh, after yeah. loss, and then maybe a few draws here and there. They got a draw out of uh, Man City out of all teams. So, yeah, I I mean, this is around the time when the manager gets set, right? So then it just boils down to how much faith the board have in the manager, how much faith the match-going support has for uh, for the manager. Because when you start hearing those chants uh, on the terraces, you know, the, that's... There's, there's no board, there's no owner in the world that can buck the trend after that. So, 
um, yeah, I think he'll get a couple of more games. But um, yeah, if things don't change, the only good thing that's going in Lampard's favor is, even though he's in the relegation battle, it's just a couple of points here and there. So there's a whole bunch of teams in that 15 to 18, 19 um, uh, spot, which, mm. which, which, you know, which means like any win, just get one win and you're out of it. So, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, he's, he's at that spot where he's probably going to get fired anytime soon. Right. Yeah. I, I would say I agree too that in terms of managers that are on the hot seat right now, you'd have to say Moyes and Lampard are both there. But like you said, Moyes has like a greater, you know, resume and also like, you know, a proven track record with other teams and stuff like that. So you can kind of look to it as Moyes being a good manager in a bad situation as opposed to just seeing Lampard as a bad manager in a bad situation. Like there, there were times that, you know, it looked like things were really going well for him with Chelsea, but then there were times that it obviously didn't look that great. They keep that team. I'm just looking at the record here. So the last five, they've lost four out of five and drawn one. And that's, that's definitely like relegate. I mean, they're in relegation form and also like sacking form as well. So I'd have to say Lampard in terms of how many more games he can get. Huh, that's <laughs> honestly, I thought they would have dropped him by now. My only thing is maybe after this, uh, which is kind of an unfair game to put it on, but that, that Merseyside Derby, when that comes around, that's the type of stuff that makes like fans and like yeah neutral turn against start, the coach exactly so it's like yeah, even yeah. though it's like you're playing against a team that is in the champions league and then has won not that long ago they're in a bad form right now but then if they lose that one and even worse if they lose it convincingly i would say that's when it's like yeah they're looking for who's going to replace you at that point after the merseyside derby you know we we that, that those are great points, and uh, this is just something to do with that. Like, it, you know, we, we keep on saying who's going to get fired first, but when you look, boys, Potter, or Lampard, but it, it, some a part of big part of this is like of the people who get hired fired first. Who's going to get hired first? Because I could see. Lampard getting fired and Moyes getting fired and Moyes getting Lampard's job. Yeah. Because that would be a good move for Everton. It would be a step up in the coaching and it's a better Allardyce style appointment and maybe he could, Moyes could do more with Everton and save them and then he'd be helping out his old team that made him David Moyes and then maybe they could part ways at the end of the season with Everton still intact in the Premier League and he could find another job because he's Moyes and what he did with West Ham and what he did with Everton in the past and what he just did if he saves them. So, you know, like you can't feel completely bad for Moyes because he could probably get any one of those right. jobs from uh, from any of the teams in the Premier League that's probably going to fire except you know, their, their coach. He could get the, the Forest job if they decide to fire. He could get the Bournemouth job this same season if they decide to fire, you know? Shit, he could get, yeah, he could, <laughs> you know, 
it, it's like, shit, he might be able to get the Leeds job if they don't straighten their shit up. So, yeah. For sure. And and also going back to uh, this the, the Potter one, I don't see him like, yeah, the team isn't doing great, but at the same time, like, the whole thing is in flux. I think, like, anybody can see from the outside. It's like there's a lot of there's definitely a lot of balls in the air right now with that team. And it, I think sometimes I do get the vibe though, that he might be a, the type of manager that isn't meant for a team of that size, like um, similar to uh, the, I always forget his name, stern face man. He used to be the wolves manager before he went over to Tottenham. Um, I know you talk. Do you know? Right, right. Bruno. Uh, but then, yeah, so, so much of that, there, there's some times that I see him like that, but I do think he's a great coach. Uh, it's just that that would be the only question because you can be a great coach but not necessarily know how to handle those superstar mm. athletes. You know, that's it's like Mo- 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 when Moyes went to Man United as well. Exactly, exactly. So it's like, it's like Moyes, I think he's a great coach, but then when you put him in front of like, like Pogba and those type of players, these type of attitudes where you can't just be like, hey, I'm the coach, you listen to me or you're out. Like, you know, this guy sells so many shirt sales. You have to deal with him regardless of how you feel. That's a different type of situation as opposed to just organizing a team. And which is often the reason why I think Chelsea have had hard times in the past recently because it's like they have good players, but sometimes those players, like, will just turn on the coach and make it make the losses and stuff about the coach as opposed to the team itself. But, yeah, I don't see Potter in the hot seat at all. I definitely think... Lampard is the one that's like really buying his time right now. Yeah, I, I think Potter's safe as just as long as he stays around ten. Like there's like, <laughs> which is such a crazy statement. <laughs> it's, a, it's a crazy statement, but it's true. Like you know, you talk about all the things in the air around Chelsea, all the pieces that that the, the owners see it, the fans see it, and they're like, all right, so. This wasn't our standard before, but we'll accept the standard for this season. But if you fall below that shit, then if he goes like 12, 13, yeah. with the, nobody cares what who's injured. <laughs> no, we, we need to start playing better. Like what we've been doing last couple of games, I think we need to start building on that. And if if the fans are seeing a slip back to the way we are playing in the last month or so, then I think you're going to have those, again, those Tuchel chants at Stamford Bridge. You're going to have those Abramovich chants at, the, at, you know, at Stamford Bridge. So uh, he just needs to make sure that wherever we are right now, our season begins today. Mm-hmm. They're slowly coming back from, from the injury list. Felix is going to get his ban. His ban is going to finish. Mordrick. So let's let's make it happen from now on. Do you, you, know, you, do you guys want to like him? Do you guys want to know what the bookie what the bookies Sorry. are saying with the uh, next Premier League manager to leave? Go ahead. Yes. So the fa- the the over the overwhelming favorite is Lampard. He's eight to one on. Mm-hmm. So that's like if you put if you put eight pounds on, you get one back. <laughs> eight pounds. Um, da- da- David Moyes is is number two, uh, eleven to two. So it's a it's a real big gap between those two odds. Um, mm-hmm. Jesse Marsh is number three, mm-hmm. uh, ten to one, 
Antonio Conte, number four, 11 to one. Brendan Rogers, 16 to one. Gary O'Neill, 20 to one. Potter, 20 to one. Nathan Jones, 20 to one. And then Jurgen Klopp, 33 to one. So, um, so like Lampard is, they, they think, they really think he's going to go next. Like they, like you, you can barely even make anything from betting on it now. Um, so that one's looking pretty likely. And then the rest, I mean, Moyes, Marsh and Conte all sort of much of a muchness. And then the next tier of Rogers, O'Neill, Potter, Jones. So yeah, it's, that's how it's looking with the bookies. And then, uh, it, you know, AJ bringing up Nuno. It's like, if I'm Everton, I, I feel like Everton's form is just going to be like this, you know? And, and they might not get out. And they just need a better coach, like somebody with more experience, just to make sure they stay up and give them at least the new coach bounce for a game or two and just better coaching. So another candidate is, is Nuno, who you, you, you mentioned. Like, I forgot about him. I don't think he has a job. And he was set them up defensively, which if you can't score, at least defend and grind out some wins and then try to spring and get lucky. So uh, I, like, I would just fire Frank, not because I don't like him. I like Frank, but you just need a better coach. But this board doesn't make it like logically. You just need a better coach at this point. It's just too risky. So it, I, I don't know what he's going to learn in the next few weeks to make this situation better logically. Yeah. You know? And I think I think it's worth pointing out that he is being kind of fucked over by the board there a little bit. A hundred percent. A thousand percent. All they but yeah. At the same time, they still not got a bad squad of players. Like they're not horrific. They should be still above where they are. Um so yeah, but I mean, Nuno's out making that money in Saudi Arabia right now, so it won't be him <laughs> uh, taking oh, so that he's, job. So he's working? Yeah, he's at Al Itihad in, uh, in Saudi. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. okay. All right. Anybody got any last things they want to throw out, say? Uh, Leeds tied. They got, some, they got a point this weekend, so thank God Jesse got something to keep alive. Uh, just making sure get all of this Newcastle tied so thank Crystal Palace for taking points from them but they are third on goal difference from us and uh, Lee Neil your next game is against William you know that back of the bridge battle of the bridge yeah so yeah um, you know, I'm not even looking at that. I think there's some time before that. So I think we have like one game in three weeks now. So let's just... One game? Yeah. <laughs> I think we have one game in three three weeks because we have... Um, so we have uh, Fulham, as you said. Um, Fulham on Feb 3rd. So that's, you know, that's like 11 days from now. And then we have Ooh. we have West Ham Feb 11th. So yeah, between now and Feb 11th, almost 20 days, we have just one That's game. That's crazy. You guys are just going to be sitting out in deck chairs for the next few weeks. Sunning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pulisic is going to be rubbing suntan lotion over murder. <laughs> Hudrick's back and legs. 
Yeah. So uh, hopefully we get a few more plays before that. So, you know, uh, if you have eight more days, I'm going to text Mr. Boli after this to not, mm-hmm. uh, not, not lose track. It's been a couple of days. We haven't had a new signing. People are getting right. on the edge. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's get 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 a DM, get uh right back, and then you know let's let's hit the second second leg of the uh, season. All right, cool. So we're, we're going to bounce. Uh, tell us what you guys think of the comments on YouTube on uh, about the uh, the the. the Arsenal versus uh, Man United game today. Arsenal, top of the table. Tell us what you think about Liverpool, Chelsea, and just everybody else's position in the table. Uh, Frank's position as far as holding on to his job. And uh, whatever thoughts you have, uh, thank you for listening and watching. I appreciate y'all. And uh, I'm going to be in Seattle on the... uh, Shit, I think <laughs> the 11th. 11th, yeah. But go to my Instagram at Ian Edwards Comic, and my link tree will take you to where the show's at. Anybody else got anything they want to plug? Yeah, uh, I'm going to be at Eight Legged Comedy in Thousand Oaks uh, Friday, the 3rd of February. So come check me out. Oh, dope. Anybody else? Uh, I don't know how many uh, how many how many UK listeners we got, but I'm going to be at Hot Water Comedy Club in Liverpool on Sunday, uh, the coming Sunday. So, um, yeah, any Everton fans, come out and uh, <laughs> come out and drink your sorrow drink your sorrows away with me. Um, but no, it's it's, it's 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 a great club up there. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Hot Water Club, all right. Cool. And you can get you guys can come fight with me at at Sars Lord. hilarious alright thanks guys we appreciate y'all thanks for listening and watching and uh thanks one return song